Hey everyone, welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Moray. And I'm Missy Lonsinger. And this week we're here to talk about El Camino. Uh, it's a car podcast now, so <laughs> hope, you're, hope you're into that. This is NPR's Car Talk, called Real Perspective now. Um, no, it is a uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie is the full title of this film. And it is about what happens to Jesse Pinkman after the events of the series finale of Breaking Bad. Uh, because he's kind of the only character who didn't really get like a definitive end. He just kind of rides off into an unspecific sunset. Mm -hmm. And Vince Gilligan wanted to wrap that story up through a film. It's also the first in a series of films AMC is doing based on their extremely popular uh, TV shows. Really? Yeah, that's why Rick got written off The Walking Dead. No, oh. it's not. Yeah, they're going to do Rick what? movies. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, no. At all. <laughs> yeah, he got oh. written off The Walking Dead so that they can make Rick movies. No. Um, although, with this, it seems pretty definitive as like... Vince Gilligan, just, Vince Gilligan just wanted to wrap this story yeah. up. Like, mm -hmm. um, but it is definitely a test pilot thing. Huh. Um, so, uh, the movie picks up right, like immediately after mm -hmm. the series finale of Breaking Bad with Jesse driving off in the stolen El Camino from the white supremacists that Walt killed with the Nazis. Uh, Spoilers for Breaking Bad, if you haven't yeah, seen it. <laughs> um, and so he just kind of, the, the way the series ends is he just kind of leaves. He doesn't know what happens to anyone else involved. He doesn't know where Saul is. He doesn't know what happens to Walt. He, he doesn't find anything out from what I remember. He's he's just gone. Yeah. Um, and the, so the, the in the series, he had been kidnapped by a group of white supremacists that Walt had upset. And they they're forcing... Uh, I wanted to call him Aaron because he's Aaron Paul. They're forcing Jesse to cook the meth that he is Call him Childish Camino. <laughs> I hate you. Um, and so this is all about him kind of finding his way after and kind of finding peace after such an intense couple of years or year. I don't remember the timeline. Six but, months, I think. Is it six months? Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Um, everyone's visibly older. <laughs> um, what are you talking about? By like years. I like how they kept on talking like uh, to Jesse like he was a teenager. Like yeah. the very beginning of the movie, he was like a teenager, a yeah. multi-millionaire teenager, and I could not help but laugh. No. I so I thought that was like a turn of phrase by Mike. I I kind of chalked it up to that. Yeah. Of like you're just really young to be retiring, but I wasn't sure. I think he uh, was still. So yeah. So yeah, yeah, he should be really young still. But yeah. He looks forty eight. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the series, the the movie's told through a series of flashbacks to, um, scenes earlier in the series, kind of side adventures, not even adventures, but the kind of side conversations Jesse had. Uh, with certain key characters in the Breaking Bad uh, story, mm -hmm. and then present day him on the run from the cops. Um, the, it's set up with Mike telling him to go to Alaska uh, if he ever gets the chance, and so he—that's his ultimate goal—is to end up in Alaska. And so it's him trying to find money to get there and evade the police, and that's kind of it. 
Yeah. It's just that yeah. story of him. Without the flashbacks, it would have been, what, like, 10 or 15 minutes long yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you guys think of El Camino? Uh, I liked it. It is very inconsequential. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like spending time in that world again. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit of a slow burn, and it could have been a little bit shorter, honestly, in some scenes. Yeah. Like some of the scenes with Todd, while funny and unintentionally, or intentionally humorous. <laughs> and unintentionally. Uh, and unintentionally. Um, they, they were funny and dark, but they went on a little too long. No, screw um, you. The Adventures of Jesse and Todd forever. forever. <laughs> um, it, but then again, like I do appreciate the way that they can go and rinse or squeeze a lot of tension out of even the most mundane sure. things yes. like it goes and shows like their mastery of tension mm-hmm. and dramatic stakes even over slight stakes mm-hmm. um but it was nice to see some of these characters again i think breaking bad while it it gives jesse an ending he's riding away which is kind of the ending of this one still yeah, <laughs> It's just he's riding away a little bit further than when he started. <laughs> sure. Um, but that being said, it, it didn't get exactly in his headspace um, the way this movie did. It felt like it wrapped up Walt's storyline with the finale, and then this is kind of like the B ending for Jesse hmm. that he kind of needed. It's a true epilogue. Yeah, I it's think. definitely an epilogue. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed it, but it didn't set the world on fire or anything like that it's a good you know seven out of ten eight out of ten kind of experience yeah i i kind of feel the same way um just because i feel like bringing up every podcast that i majored in theater um one thing a note i would always get for audition pieces never do a memory piece because there's no stakes and so Mm. that's what i felt like the Mm. whole time it it was like eh, like the flashbacks were great great performances todd is great Mm. um (laughs) And, you know, obviously everybody they cast, they, they have a very solid cast of, of you know, ensemble there. Um, but with every flashback, it's like, I'm not learning that much new. We knew that Todd was kind of like this. A we psycho. knew that Jesse was like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not learning a lot more about anybody here. So I'm, <clears throat> it's cool and it's a nice performance. But as far as the overall story goes, I learned nothing more about anything. And like you said, it's like you kind of just end up with him fleeing further north right uh, but that being said the performance is really good um i think yeah like a 7.8 to 8.0 for me out of 10 yeah it's it's fine uh it's like good enough but yeah. not great um i think that had a had had an uphill battle because i mm-hmm. i like consider breaking bad perfect television kind yeah. of start to finish mm-hmm. even the slower seasons and episodes ultimately like lend themselves to something larger in and like i i don't feel like there's a wasted hour of those like 64 67 hours or whatever um which is saying something because that's one of the main reasons i don't watch tv is because i feel like there's a lot of filler and uh so with that to be said i had to really readjust my expectations of like look i trust vince gilligan more than almost any other creator out there yeah um i don't think he would have done this if he didn't feel like he had something to say and i i I actually stick by that i think Mm -hmm. that he told the story he wanted to tell and it wasn't ultimately quote unquote necessary Mm -hmm. like capital letters but then again like what is like was it necessary for him to tell the story of breaking bad Mm -hmm. not really like our lives wouldn't be affected that much if he didn't do that 
Um, they give me a couple tips on my meth empire. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and like, there's good stuff all over the place in this movie. Like, they, there's, right. there's, it's not bad no. by any stretch of the imagination. I've seen worse this year. I've seen worse ever. Like, if you were a Breaking Bad fan, I think you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, it like, it's pretty easy to recommend on that. Uh, everyone in this is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, across the board, there's good performances. Aaron Paul's as good as he ever was. Mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons is as good as he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, I like spending time with Todd and, like, getting kind of to know him a little bit more as, like, a weird, like, goofy psychopath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that. Um, Who's the actor who just died? Bob? Robert, yeah, Robert, Robert Forrester. Forrester. He was yeah, great. Yeah, he yeah. was really good. Um, and there's like some, like you said, there's really good tension in a mm-hmm. lot of these scenes. The scene where he's looking for the money in Meth Damon's apartment mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just the, like the way that's executed is great. And so it's it's kind of hard to argue with as a movie, but it's a little long um, for no real reason. I think you could have cut back, honestly, on the climax. Uh, if I were to cut anything out of this movie, it would be all the stuff with the welding guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have done it a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of, it crescendos into like maybe the goofiest thing Breaking Bad has ever done, which Mm. is like a straight up spaghetti western duel. Yeah. And I was just like, what the hell? What is going on? Yeah. And that was. not the same about that. That was the only thing where I was like, what? You know? The only thing that like kind of justified it to me was the fact that those guys were all on cocaine. (laughs) So that is the kind of like dumb cocaine fueled idea that someone would have. I agree. I did have that exact same thought. But I agree with you. I was kind of feeling like this. This isn't playing right. Yeah. yeah. And I think it leaned a little too much into everyone talking about like how Breaking Bad had a Western feel mm-hmm. to it, which is true, right. but it just never fully leaned into it. And this, it goes like hardcore that direction yeah. because it a felt like, yeah, it's, it's a little indulgent because it felt like Vince Gilligan really like wanting to get that, like yeah. drive that home over the finish line. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, eh, I can kind of see the seams there and I don't, I don't love that. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, like you said, it's inconsequential, though, too. Like, it just kind of ends with him driving off to presumably a better place. Which is kind of what we thought he was going anyway at the end of the series. But maybe it's a little more definitive for for sure this time. Yeah, and, you know, it it does raise, like, some ethical questions within yourself of he's technically still a criminal, and Mm -hmm. you're rooting for him, I think, for sure. And I think the movie does a lot to ingratiate you to him, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um... And then even when it gets into some, some like, questionable stuff, it kind of flips on itself, like mm-hmm. the scene with the cops. Um, so, I... Uh, like, <laughs> that's kind of all I have to say about it. Yeah. It looked amazing. Oh, shot. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Vince yeah. Gilligan's a heck of a director, man. Mm-hmm. There's some shots in there where I was like, that's one of the coolest things I've seen this year. Like, yeah. That was amazing. The The time lapse of him going through the apartment from the top down yes. view is, I, I was like, this is awesome. Best, I, so, best Zelda sequence ever. <laughs> yeah. So I woke up at four in the morning to watch this today so we could record tonight. And I was just, I, I will say that it kind of woke me up. Uh-huh. You know, That's like good. I was, I was interested the whole time, yeah. but it just, I don't know that it adds or takes away anything. No, yeah. which but is in some ways maybe a good thing. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't take away at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I like that Walt's dead. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I like that God, it didn't try to get cute. But yeah. I like that he had a cameo. Yeah. Like that was a flashback I really, well, I like, I did like the flashbacks. It just didn't contribute much, but it was nice seeing him again. Yeah. 
Well, I, I like the flashbacks outside of Todd. Because yeah. as much as I like Todd's performance, because mm-hmm. um, Jesse Plemons was fantastic, yeah. um, I agree with Missy in the sense that it didn't add much to what we already knew about him. Mm-hmm. Like, I already knew he was a psychopath yeah. like, or a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew he has trouble like relating to real situations in the way a normal person would. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I felt like the scenes with Mike and Walt mm-hmm. and Jane gave some characterization mm-hmm. to Jesse because they were talking basically about like right. what are you going to do with your future like what are you going to do with your life <clears throat> sure you know how do you frame this like, are you just like a victim of circumstance who can't get out of what he's doing mm-hmm. who can't change or are you somebody who like can take destiny in his own hands kind yeah. of thing I feel like that had like a good thorough line to it yeah which I wish I liked and I felt like the Todd stuff kind of <laughs> didn't <laughs> really relate to that in the flashback sense I mean other than like he had a chance to go and kill Todd, and he didn't. Yeah, because he yeah. kind of, for a, kind of a weird reason. He was kind of broken. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So this is about him kind of reforming as a person. But I feel like you could have established that in one flashback scene versus seventy-five. Yeah, this like progressive <laughs> flashback scene. Yeah. Uh, so that was my issue with those flashbacks mm-hmm. in particular. Um, I think that when you think about it, in in that sense. That this is how you go and take a broken person and you kind of fill him with hope. The movie does have a purpose, and that it serves a good purpose as an epilogue. Then, because we didn't really understand what Jesse was like after being broken. Sure. And so I think there is a character arc there, mm-hmm. but it's it's so it's such a long movie that mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to see what that arc was because yeah. yeah. it's like basically two ideas: he's broken and now he's not. But it's spread across two hours of kind of meandering this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's meditative for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think that goes a long way to the making you kind of okay with him not necessarily just getting arrested and right. serving the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it has to put in that work so you're not just like, wait a minute, he's still a scumbag. Right. Yeah. And like, you kind of get the sense of like, almost like time served. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. Like, it, under Walt. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. under, and, and the Nazis. Right. Um of just like, oh yeah, he is clearly a um, significantly different person. And like, the only reason he's resorting to these illegal things is because he cannot go through any proper channels or else he will get hit with the full right. like extent of the law. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily want that for him because right. he clearly wants to be a law abiding person now and yeah. like get his life together and get straight. And that's something that's admirable. And we should like, it does, it does all of that goes to that purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, he did a lot of reprehensible things, so it mm. has to put in a lot of groundwork to make you be okay with him sure. not getting arrested at the end of the piece, which he does not. Right. And presumably will not. Right. Um, well, even well, like you were saying with like being 1800 short when he went to get it from the mechanic guys, and like, oh, you don't have to even 2000. He's like, I don't need it. I just need 1800. So it's yeah. like, yeah, he's clearly a very different person than the Jesse we have in season one. Or yeah. Season yeah, and we see the, the Walt flashback right before that, too, mm-hmm. where he's, like, super greedy at the buffet, and right. he's just, like, grabbing cherry tomatoes with his hands and yeah. putting it on, like, a mountain of cheese, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a great touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we see, like, the, the, the stark contrast between, like, where he started and where he's ended up and mm-hmm. how, like, we do need to kind of accept that he's rehabilitated in some way um, and is his hand's kind of forced mm-hmm. in these situations. And so... It's not like it's it's not like you're rooting for the bank robbers who are just 
douches. You know, right. <laughs> like yeah. it's there's there's a lot more of like pathos behind it. Mm. Um, well, because at the end of the day, Breaking Bad has always been a very karmic kind of yes. series, which is you do bad things, bad things are going to happen to you. Yes, you know, and so I think there were some people. I read some reviews that were kind of ambivalent about Jesse getting away because it's like, well, he still broke the law at the end. But I agree with you. I think the movie put in the legwork to go and show, okay, the events of this series did take a toll on him. Yeah. He, he lost a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. His like adoptive son type kid was poisoned. He lost another girl. <laughs> he got tortured by Nazis for six months. And then on top of all the psychological torture that Walt put him through, mm-hmm. he's he's been through enough yeah. Like, yeah. at this point. So I think I think he put in the legwork. I know some people didn't feel like that because you know, Walt died for his sins, basically. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, um, why doesn't Jesse? And I think Jesse's a different circumstance because yeah. I think part of the reason why I remind you that he's a kid is that he's a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's 18 plus, so yeah. he's an adult in like legal terms. Right, right, right. right. But, but at the end of the day, like, he's not fully mature. Sure. It's, it's difficult to say that he really owns all of his actions. Yeah. But in a way, I think that the Jane conversation at the end goes and shows that you, you aren't just some victim of destiny. You have to kind of take your own matters mm-hmm. to your own hands yeah. and I think he does at the end and that's why he's like truly free now so yeah. what I think about it that way is I think that makes the movie better to me like it actually was consequential yeah. when I think about the themes that it was presenting even if like you know outside the flashbacks I'm not really sure I was really backing that up much right. but, yeah other than just being a tense kind of thriller mm-hmm. yeah and that goes to my favorite scene in the movie which was he goes to Todd's house yeah. to look for money that Todd had hidden. And that's the purpose of the Todd flashbacks. Yeah, right. And uh, while he's there, cops come in. And he's the cops find him. And he holds the cop at gunpoint and basically says, like, look, man, like, I don't want to kill a cop. Right. I just want to find this money and leave. Like, just let, let me go and, like, nothing bad will happen. Yeah. And... Uh, he tells him to call his partner in there. He takes his gun. He takes the cop's gun, tells him to call his partner in there. Partner comes in with a gun drawn. There's kind of a standoff. They get him on the ground and arrest him. And then they don't handcuff him. They put a, uh, an extension cord around him. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, wait a minute, you guys aren't even cops. Right, yeah. You know, like you guys are just like two other douchebags looking for this money that yeah. Todd had hidden. And that scene is so well done. Yeah. It's so good. And it, it's it starts off pretty normal. Like you don't really question it. Right. And then there's like little hints mm-hmm. kind of along the way where you're like, that's kind of odd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when he tells him to call the partner and he calls the, the partner calls him Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was like, my brothers in law, like they don't call each other by their last names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- we've seen that in this show even yeah, right. with, you know, the DA characters. And so I was like, why the heck is he just calling this guy Lieutenant? And I, it was five in the morning, so I didn't like put two and yeah. two together right away. And then he grabbed the extension cable, and I was like, "Wait, why doesn't uh, that guy have mm, hand- Oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah." And that was like classic Breaking Bad right there. Yeah, like yeah. that's totally weird stuff is kind of going on. Yeah, I don't really understand it. And like, oh, like very cleverly done. How mm-hmm. did that. Yeah, and like you're kind of like. I don't want to see this guy kill cops. Right. But then when the, you find out they're not cops, you're like, oh, screw them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, never Which, mind. You know, yeah. Yeah, so the de-aging, or lack thereof, uh, in the bottom, Yeah, like, so... Or the de-weighing. So this movie, I, I would argue probably because of budgetary constraints except for one scene near the end, which is Walt's cameo, they don't do anything to de-age Jesse or any of the other characters in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And 
I just want to know what you guys thought about that in the age of de-aging. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, we're, we're on the cusp of the release of The Irishman with a super digitally de-aged, right. I mean, down to his, like, 20s or something, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro. Uh, obviously, it's rampant in the Marvel things and a lot of the Star Wars stuff that they're doing outside of the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you guys think about the choice to not de-age them? Like I said, outside of the budgetary, like, they probably would have done it if they had a bigger budget for this thing. Yeah. Did that help? Did it hurt? Was it kind of the same... It didn't bother me that much with Aaron Paul. Like I, w- I kind of think that Aaron Paul, he didn't look that different to me than how he looked in at the end of Breaking Bad. Mm. It's, it's from the end of Breaking Bad to how he looked in the beginning of it that was like jarring for me. Yeah, and, like that was the progression there that kind of threw me off. Because, I mean, Aaron Paul, I hate to say, he, like, his face became like a balloon head. I don't know why. Yeah, no, like, he's very like, accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like a a puffer fish from yeah. the neck up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the heck happened there. Cause like. He, I don't know. He, like he was, he was a good-looking guy in the first season yeah. or so. But he was like scrawny, and then now yeah. he like he's like fat from the neck up. Oh, but he's yeah. clearly in good shape. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's it, it, weird. Just yeah. Puff, puff, dad, daddy. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway, but so he kind of looked the same to me as what I remember him looking like at the end of Breaking Bad. So that didn't throw me off. Todd kind of threw me off a bit. Yeah. Uh, that Bob Todd. Yeah. No, okay, so he's meth Damon, right? As soon as he came on screen, my boyfriend goes, Fat Damon. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's it was more off putting for my boyfriend than for me. He was like, No, this is clearly not the same guy, considering how close it was in the timeline, how yeah. different he looked. Well, it's supposed to be taking place, that is supposed to be taking yeah. place during Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. So I, like, when they first shot him, like, from. From Jesse's cage. I was uh-huh. like, okay, so it's gonna be like I, I said in our text, like the sitcom thing with like pregnant ladies where you kind of put a pillow in front of their belly or you shoot them from the like head up. Yeah. But then they did full on shots with them that were lingering and I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like some of the de-aging I don't like because it's way too uncanny. Like I don't like what I've seen of Robert De Niro in the trailers for Irishman. Mm-hmm. It's too uncanny. I think it can be done well. I think it has been done well by some people. Um, but... I don't know. I, and then seeing the response online, I know a lot of people, it was really, really off-putting. Like, the suspension of disbelief was gone. Because yeah. it's like, this is clearly a six-year-older and much heavier man who's made way <laughs> for other parts. So, well, especially for a series that is that takes a lot of pride and attention to detail. Right. That's where I think it it's, like, jarring. Is, mm. is that, like, you see stuff that's, like, planned well ahead of time in other Breaking Bad episodes yeah. across seasons. Yeah. And then this... It feels like there's a lack of attention to detail. And mm-hmm. I understand the reason why is apparently they kind of just put this all together really quick. So mm-hmm. I don't think there was enough time for, you know, weight loss and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I don't think they also wanted to force anybody to have to change that sure. much either. But it didn't bother me too much. But how they introduced him through the greats and stuff like that, I was okay with initially. But it also kind of felt like a... This is a way to ease you into like <laughs> on some LBs. Right. And, and and like so your brain's kinda like, okay, like he seems a little different, but I'm also seeing through him through a great right, so whatever. Right. And then like your brain gets tricked into when he gets fully out of the thing, it's it's not as <laughs> jarring, I guess. That's honestly like from a directing point of view, yeah. I kinda think that was what was going on. Okay. I feel like mm-hmm. that's kinda what I would have done if I had that kind of problem is you kind of ease people into this idea. <laughs> so I've seen Jesse Plemons more recently than I have on Breaking Bad, yeah. so it wasn't that jarring to me yeah. at all. 
And it didn't even it's it didn't even take it, it took until my friend Jeremy said, "Wow, he's fat now," and I was oh. like, "Oh yeah, I guess he is." significantly yeah. bigger but the last thing i saw him in he was that size right yeah. so i was like oh that's jesse Plemons." yeah you know being taught and i haven't seen the end of breaking bad since it aired see i yeah. just rewatched it so it was like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah Damn. so i it was i thought it was fine mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i think i mean if you were watching like a stage play there's only so much they could do with that right you know if someone yeah. needed to be and i mean it's like we were talking about off mic last week like mm-hmm. Freaking to wonderful life. Jimmy Stewart's like a thirty-eight year old man who's like, I'm back from my first semester of college. Right, my car, <laughs> my car. Yeah, and <clears throat> so it's not it's not new. This no. isn't a new thing. And if you watch any show about teenagers, they're all like ninety years old. Yeah, you know they've yeah. all got laugh lines and kids multiple in real life. You know, so it's not it's not that much of a stretch for me. Um, I didn't really think too much about it. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I buy into it more because of the reasons that you say. It's like, yeah, yeah I watched a piece of fiction, so no, it's not really Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, this isn't a documentary. Yeah. So... I mean, we've always had that problem of Jesse, like, being a 30-year-old playing a kid anyway, so yeah, I've always kind right. of bought into it as it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's just like what you said, because there's so much attention to detail, and I think because I've seen de-aging technology used so frequently, like, even in it Chapter 2, I was like, really, the kids were that much older yeah. looking that we needed that creepy aging and then to just see like oh okay we're just gonna roll with it that these everybody here looks about 25 years older um, yeah like they've had 75 kids and smoked a lot of crack i will say what has happened to the actors of breaking bad because they did yikes man well tom has too much weight to have done math like he did mcdonald's <laughs> i just i was like whoa everyone looks rough now yeah. like yeah Golly, yeah. guys! And they killed Robert Forster, so <laughs> exactly. God. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, it's it's a show full of character actors. So yeah. there, it's like the the Patton Oswalt joke where he's like he's like at a, at an event and he's like filling like filling a plate full of food and Brian Denny he comes up to him and he's like character actors, no one gives a f- if we're fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think it's kind of that. Like, yeah. these are not, it's not really a cast of any, like, leading actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can just, like, I mean, Brandon and he was right. Yeah. And so um, I think that that is what went into that. Sure. But it wasn't that. I thought it was fine. Yeah, and I thought they were true to the characters still. You right. Know? Yeah. I thought that the characters behaved how the characters behaved. Oh, yeah. They, they slipped into those old roles like a glove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and go ahead. No, you go first. I'm uh, slightly that was so subject. cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's almost like we've been podcasting together for a while. Yeah, it was nice because um, I forgot my point now. Uh, uh, I'll take over. Okay. So cute. <laughs> uh, speaking of the characters slip into like a glove. Aaron Paul still fantastic. He's so oh, yeah. good oh, yeah. in this movie. He, he conveys so much soul mm-hmm. in his face and his eyes. Um, and I know that we just kind of ragged on how he looks. I, th- I honestly think that, like, the fact that he doesn't have leading man looks anymore is the reason mm-hmm. why he doesn't get more roles. And yeah. the fact that he also did this role so well, yeah. kind of typecast him mm-hmm. into never getting out of this in a way and mm-hmm. getting something bigger. But, man, that guy deserves something better than this. Like, or not, doing... to, well, not than this, but yeah. something in addition to this. Yeah. He's been doing Bojack Horseman, where he's oh. pretty much the same character, but a cartoon. Really? Mm-hmm. But he's, I mean, he's good on it. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, he, that dude's such a good actor. And it was, 
that was the thing is watching the movie and this is why you know i say like it was just kind of like good enough but not great mm. but then i sit here and i'm like wow like he was so good in mm. it yeah. and it made me want to like live in this world again yeah. i really enjoyed my time like breaking bad is my favorite show of all time and made me yeah. want to start better call saul which i haven't seen like it, yeah. it did a lot yeah you know for me to, to remind me of like how good that show was mm-hmm. how much i do love these characters and all that kind of stuff and it was cool to see these characters this is the point i was gonna make earlier it was cool that they didn't over rely on your nostalgia for these characters right because even yes todd has the extended cameo and it's arguably because jesse clemens is a fantastic comedic performer um but we didn't spend as much time with todd as we did a lot of the other characters we see kind of weave in and out of just like todd solo Mm. right like just todd by himself or like todd with one main player um we didn't get a lot of that in breaking bad from what i remember and uh so it was it was i liked all the todd stuff because we got to see more of this like weird psychopath right well and definitely back backfilled the story that the nazi stuff Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. torture and the captivity because Mm -hmm. there's a big time jump in breaking bad like between yeah like the you know third to last episode and the last episode like about six months go by like in the last three episodes and so and it kind of glides over a lot of jesse's torture during Mm -hmm. that time you just kind of see him initially getting tortured and then the end of it yeah. Uh, so you kind of need to have, I think, more justification for what Jesse went through, mm-hmm. and that's what that was for, also. So yeah. it wasn't just completely wasted time. I well, and and the flashbacks that. I think are really good to juxtapose like where Jesse's been yeah. with where he is now as this sort of like you see a lot of the traits of like obviously PTSD, but people who are doing like um deprogramming from a cult right mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um you know i'm i'm really into like cult stuff yeah, like stockholm syndrome <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so that kind of stuff you see and and you kind of even get that in the flashback of sure. him not killing right todd. uh todd because he's just like he just like wants pizza and beer you know mm-hmm. like and like a shower yeah. like you know the, like those are the only and you you kind of give up your freedom for some like when you get to a certain point when you're so broken psychologically you will get to a point like you regress Mm -hmm. into this like my base primal needs need to be met and that's all Mm -hmm. and so you're willing to give up the gun and your chance at escape for pizza Mm -hmm. and like maybe some extra time outside of the cage yeah so i thought that was really really well done um and then seeing like him even the small flashbacks of like him in the shower and then remembering how they like hosed him off as Mm -hmm. a shower and like having to turn off the shower because he had his back like to the shower head like that's all real stuff sure and seeing that like done so well like you you don't get a lot of that the other one the only other like cult deprogramming thing that i've seen that really is accurate to the stuff i've read and interviews i've watched with actual people who have had to deprogram from cults is uh the movie martha marcy may marlene i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. saw that with uh it was the movie that kind of put elizabeth olsen on the map huh. where she comes home from a cult and she's kind of deprogramming and kind of she's got her ptsd flashbacks but she also like a little bit wants to go back because yeah, of the stockholm of stockholm syndrome so um anyway that's it's that's a really good cult movie huh. and this is the closest thing i've seen since that of like accurate deprogramming stuff and just even like badger and skinny pete walking in the room and him pulling the gun on them and they're like whoa hey it's just us you know like that's super real Mm -hmm. man and so all that is great and aaron paul's so good at conveying this like the beaten down version of jesse yeah through 
I mean, not a lot. He doesn't talk a lot, which is crazy because yeah, yeah. he's like a motor mouth in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the series. And so to see him kind of not like acting out of character for Jesse, but being this sort of new Jesse right. that has been kind of broken. Yeah. Right. Shell Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's real good. Yeah. yeah. It's so all, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to argue with, but I don't know. It's, I don't know why it can't, like, I can't just be like, it's as good as Breaking Bad mm-hmm. when clearly there's a lot of qualities that are. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it was good. Like, it was. I mean, it was well shot. The performances are great. I don't know. It's, I can't pinpoint. I, I, maybe because, like, that part of me that's like, there wasn't a lot added. But as we're talking about it, I mean, there was, I guess, like you were saying, like, with this characterization, he did get a full arc, which is nice, which is what he deserves because Aaron Paul's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesse was a great character. So it's, I don't know. But it's still, I don't know. I'm still stuck on an eight out of I, ten. I think it, like, comes back to Breaking Bad was pretty damn complete. Other yeah. Than, other than, yeah. like, you know, kind of a sense of maybe where Jesse was at. It was pretty complete. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you kind of are always going to question the storyline necessity for this. Right. And I also come back to, it was just a little too damn long. Yeah. <laughs> I think, honestly, if it had been, like, a lean 90 minutes, yep. I would have <clears> been like, okay, that was, like, perfect for an epilogue for yeah. Breaking yeah. Bad. Yep. I spent just enough time with these characters, and, like, I, I felt satisfied. And yeah. then the fact that some scenes were just dragging a little bit. Yeah made made it kind of lessened in my eyes well and there's a scene there's a scene in this movie that took me this is a personal thing this has nothing to do with the quality of the movie or whatever but i had to pause it and kristen hasn't seen like a shred of break she's seen like the first two episodes and uh so this has nothing to do with any of the actual breaking bad stuff in the movie there's a song choice in the movie where i was just like what the hell why is this hang on it's early i need a second opinion and so i rewound it it's the scene where he's got the bug on his hand mm-hmm. and he's waiting for the guys to get done with the prostitutes mm-hmm. and their cocaine so he can go confront them. And they're listening to they're listening to the song Country Gentleman by Family Force 5. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know who Family Force 5 is? No. They're a Christian band. That's why it sounds familiar. Okay, I, like, <laughs> I know the name. <laughs> they're a Christian band that was popular, semi-popular when I was in high school. They never got like really popular in it it was for like the they will now yeah well, <laughs> they were they were listening to it and i was like what the hell i was like there's <laughs> no way that's in this show like no no one it's outside of outside. christian yeah i was i then so i like pause it and rewound it and i like went to Kristen and i was like hey are you out of the shower <laughs> like i need you to come here for a minute like put everything on hold and so i hit play and she was watching it, and then she heard the song, because I was like, am I hearing things? And she was like, what the hell? <laughs> she was like, "That that's in the show? And I was like, yeah. She goes, why? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. She goes, this is really, really distracting. She was like, this is almost like you're trying to watch something, and then your little sister is playing her music <laughs> in her room, and it's taking away from what you're trying to focus on. And I was like, that's exactly it. That's great. That's exactly it. So that was like a personal thing of it just, it was like a very specific piece of like Christian pop culture that I was into my junior and senior year of high school mm. that just kind of wormed its way into this movie that and i just completely sucker punched me (laughs) 
uh, it, it, the same thing happened at the beginning of the last episode mm-hmm. when Walt goes and listens to El Paso mm-hmm. in the car. And uh, is it the original version in that show, or is it the is it a cover? I don't Do you remember. remember. I'm pretty sure it's a cover, mm. but the cover of that song is by my favorite band of all time, Old 97s, which is not a super popular band. Mm. So I was just like, why do Vince Gilligan and I have the exact same like points of reference for stuff? So is that was it was distracting in this last episode of Breaking Bad, and it was super distracting in this movie where it was just like hold up, this is like a Christian band that I saw live at like some Christian music festivals when I was a teenager and they perform with Hulk hands in Sgt. Pepper's outfits and now they're being used for prostitute music. Like, this is weird, man. It was your angel of the morning. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's not like out of place necessarily. It was just real weird. Yeah. It was just, like, I don't think you guys probably would have thought of it. No. Yeah, exactly. I recognize it because I used to work in a Christian bookstore. I was like, I've heard of that band, but yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So that that has nothing to do with the movie here or there. It was just a thing where I was just like, what? <laughs> Automatic two stars off. Yeah. And it's not even that I disliked the band. It was just very specific. Yeah. Is yeah. the thing, you know, it was just sense. this very specific point in my life and point of reference for me that really, it, it, I was just like, well, how, do you, how did Vince Gilligan hear this? Like, yeah. You know, it, it it almost felt like, you know, when you turn the TV off and realize that the show still goes on even though you're not watching it when you're a kid. <laughs> it felt like that of, like, other people have heard this and not in a hipster way where sure, it was just sure. like, they were never that popular. Yeah. So, that was my entirely too long rant about Family Force Fighting <laughs> nice. and El Camino. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else? Uh, I want friends as cool as... Skinny Pete and Badger. Yeah. Dude, they are the <laughs> homies. And they look exactly the same, though, if we're talking about the de aging and not de aging. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they always look like shit. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. yeah. So Skinny if I'm ever on the run from the law guys, oh, I'm yeah. expecting Dude, the same out of you. Skinny well, Pete's plan was rock solid. Yeah. Yes. I was like, good job, Skinny Pete. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did think it was weird that er, uh, Jesse kept calling him Skinny, like it was his actual first name. <laughs> yeah. And Pete's his last name. How do we know yeah. it's not? That's uh, sure. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. Yeah. That's about it. And they were great. Yeah, they was, it was cool. And like, they weren't even in it that long. I thought it yeah. was, the way I kind of read the plot description was that he was on the run with the help of them. Sure. I thought it was going to be like the three of them doing stuff together. Mm. Right. But they have like two scenes in it. Yeah. yeah. No, we, like we just got the right amount of doshes of them, I felt yeah. like. Mm-hmm. I was like, Good oh, choice I'm happy to see those people. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I'm happy to see those people. And, mm-hmm. and then they were gone and... It, Maybe kind of sad that they were gone, but yeah. I also felt some closure that they'd got to do something cool and contribute to the epilogue of Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I liked was him watching his parents on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really cool to see the, like, do you have anything to say mm-hmm. to so-and-so and then see so-and-so mm-hmm. there processing what they were saying yeah. to them. Because, yeah. like, that's like a cliche. Sure. Mm-hmm. On, I don't know. I feel like I had not seen that ever. Maybe I've seen it a bunch. I don't... I liked all the stuff with the parents Mm -hmm. and the phone call with them. It was was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now they're thinking about it. I like that scene, too. There's a lot of things I like individually like. Yeah. Yeah. There's good stuff. It's like, it's not your fault. I was like... It's not your fault. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a good send-off to Jesse's arc. 
Yeah. yeah. And I do think it was necessary from that standpoint that I don't think there was a way to go and fit in like a conclusion to Jesse with the same conclusion they had for Walt within yeah. the finale. Yeah. It, it just would have been overstuffed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in terms of like thinking about this as a falling action piece, mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's it, I guess that is it, that's the, the the thing though, right? It's two hours of like right falling action. Yeah. And so by the time you get to the end of the two hours, you're like yeah, I know. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. the other thing, too, is my favorite thing about Breaking Bad is that it has never tried to get cute. Yes. Right? Like, your expected outcome is the outcome of the thing. Mm-hmm. So, you expect Walt to die mm-hmm. because he's kind of a prick. Right. And then he does mm-hmm. because he's kind of a prick. Right. And you're sad. That's really satisfying. It's a really satisfying. Even though he gets, like, a redemption shot of saving Jesse, mm-hmm. he's still been, like, a raging doucher for right. most of the series. Mm-hmm. And he gets what's coming to him, and that's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Even if, he, no matter how much you're rooting for him, right? You're just like, well, this guy has to go, right? <laughs> and so it does that really well. And then with this, it's the opposite, where you're like, well, this guy can't get her. Like this can't end with him getting arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like he's been through too much stuff mm-hmm. for yeah. that, like for that to happen. And so even at the beginning scene it happens in the first scene he's mm-hmm. mike tells him go to alaska and you go okay it's gonna end with him going to alaska mm-hmm. and that's what happens yeah mm-hmm. and that is satisfying but it just takes too long to get there because you know the outcome sure yes. the thing with breaking bad and the last episode of breaking bad like yeah you could argue well there's 67 episodes of breaking bad so it takes 67 hours mm-hmm. for him to die but there's like there's other stuff yeah. right you know this is not it yeah. this is it for jesse and so there's not other stuff there's just getting him to alaska that has to happen and so every time he hits a roadblock there's a tension in it but then by like it starts the to run out of steam mm-hmm. yes. by the end of it well because when you have the tension it makes you temporarily forget about the fact that it's probably going to end like you think it's going to end yeah but then the longer the tension lasts the more your brain kind of research right, control right. and it's like all right, I know he's going to get out of it somehow and get to yes. Alaska, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's where you kind of need to know, I think as a writer or director, mm-hmm. when the scene's purpose has kind of run out and now the your, the tension's gone and yeah. your brain is coming back into play and mm-hmm. figuring this that, out like, again. like crest of the wave and right. so you got to catch it. Yeah. Well, it's like you're saying with Badger and Skinny Pete, like they were in there for the perfect amount of time mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I like that they're there. Oh, they're kind of gone. That kind of sucks. But like you, you have to do the same thing. The timing has to be there. I think like you were saying, it was just a little too long. Right. It's just a little too much time spent in that house. Enough in to the make you aware that you're movie. watching. Yeah. Yeah. In Todd's house? In Todd's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. ta- when I think about that, I'm talking about both the flashbacks and the him searching for stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Mm-hmm. So my, where, where I would kind of do some surgery is actually the whole bit after Robert Forrester. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it feels a little long to him for him to get the $1,800. Because yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. at that the point, shootout. it is kind of an inconsequential amount of money. Like, $1,800 yeah. isn't an insignificant amount of money, but it is when you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, ah, just let him get it, man. Like, yeah. Come on. But see, I, I like the fact that they, I mean, you can say that the, uh, the villains, quote unquote, are a little tacked on because they definitely mm-hmm. tacked oh, yeah. on. Yeah. But you you kind of needed some antagonistic force, I think, to kind of really end Jesse's struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. the way I would have done it is if I was going to keep basically the same stuff, I wouldn't have made it that they were high on cocaine. I would have made it that they were high on the blue meth. Like, oh, like, yeah. Like, like they all got on that like they're on that and mm-hmm. it's like jesse kind of reckoning with well i kind of helped contribute to this and then yeah. he kills them and then burns it all and then he yeah. go walks away from it i feel mm-hmm. like that would have been very cathartic then sure. and yeah. then it would have given a little more purpose to that confrontation yeah 
So and Family Force Five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Set to Love Addict by Family Force Five. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that would have been good, but it just felt forever. Like it yeah, still yeah. felt drawn out. Like the showdown with them and like all the talking with them. Right. I was like, just give, them, just get the see, money. But see, I feel like you want your climax to not maybe feel drawn out, but to have a decent amount of chunk of time spent on it. Yeah. And the reason why you're feeling impatient with it is because your attention was already kind of drained by the preceding. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, because by that point, you're just like, another thing. Yeah. Because you even get the him going to the parents' house and Side opening quest. the safe, and right. it's just like, guns instead of, I think he was expecting money. Yeah. And so he's just like, well, should I have guns now? Actually, Where's I don't think he guns? was expecting money. I think... He knew he, there were guns? I think he knew there were guns, mm. because I don't think his intention was to go and steal from his parents, ever. Oh, okay. I mean, steal money from his right. parents. I think, like, there's something that I was kind of being in the dread was like, oh, he's going to steal from his family. That, I, like, I don't know if I like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I was like, oh, okay, it's just guns. It's yeah. not yeah. as big of a deal it to me. It would have gone against everything they built up of him being right. well-formed. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and, and feeling bad about his parents and yeah. all that. Yeah, and it gives them an alibi because, you know, they're going to be questioned about sure. giving him the guns and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, that makes sense. Yeah, but, it, yeah, I don't know. It was just by that point I was like, I'm ready to see him in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's wrap it up, folks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, it's good. I, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's hard to not recommend it. I, I yeah. recommend it. Like, you should oh, yeah. see it. No, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good epilogue. Yeah. It's, yeah like, it's Breaking Bad was like the perfect meal, and this was like a brownie after. Like, brownies yeah. are satisfying. They're good. It's not a perfect meal. Right. But it's, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's not exactly nutritious, but, yeah. you know, it, it, it tasted good. Is it necessary? No. Is it good? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know the lord of the rings ending <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> endings yeah, yeah. I, i'm liking the new missy era of the podcast where we just like analogize like everything to like food or you know, cargo shorts yeah cargo shorts or, yeah this movie is not cargo shorts it has its own identity and ideas yeah, yeah. which is more than i can say for the last movie <laughs> yeah this movie is a brownie a yeah. brownie is that a thing <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't think so. Isn't that what Cosmic so. Brownie is? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Those little sprinkles on top? That's not what that is? I mean, maybe. What? I feel like you would die if you ate Why meth. Why spend so much on it then? Damn it. Oh. oh, man. Ugh. That's freaking funny. This has predictably ended in a weird ending for <laughs> yep. the podcast. Yep. Alright. Uh, we'll be back next week yeah it's a short episode it's, there's not a lot to say about this movie um are we doing an episode on Zombieland are you guys seeing Zombieland I will see it I'm seeing it probably okay um yeah we'll probably be back to talk about Zombieland there's not a horror movie coming out before uh that's so weird so stupid stupid chapter two but it was like a month and a half before Halloween yeah. I, and this is like the only year for the next two years where any studio could release something that's not a Halloween movie because there are two Halloween sequels coming that they're filming back to back and one's coming out next year and the other one's coming out the year after. Wow. So someone dropped the ball somewhere. Yeah. And the stupid thing is Doctor Sleep is coming out the week after. Why? But Fandango's doing a special screening on October 30th. So just release the movie on October 30th if it's good to go. Yeah. You morons! Like what? 
Well, the Joker inspiring all those incels to go right. and commit mass shootings is your actual <laughs> horror movie this season. Was that the thing? Is everyone was scared of Joker making a I movie? think maybe. But it was so. released the first week of October. I don't get it. It was rated R, but... Yeah. I mean, it's still obviously... Well, I mean, I think fun. any horror movie released it. Yeah. I mean, Halloween last year was rated that's R true. and it made good money. Like, that's the thing is, it's just, it's a license to print money. Yeah. The only two spooky things in theaters right now, The Adam's Family and Zombie Land 2. <laughs> like, what... How do you screw that up? Uh, I, I, it's been so frustrating all month for like thinking all if, year. Like, <laughs> well, thinking specifically about like horror movies and like uh, wanting to go to the theater to see a horror movie. Like my option should not be like The Exorcist for the fourth time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, come on. Yeah, especially when you have one that's coming out the week after Halloween. That's so stupid. Anyway, that's my rant on. <laughs> The lack of scary options. But we're going to talk about Zombieland 2. Yeah. And Grace Randolph being in it. Yeah. You know who that is. Don't look her up and give her the views. <laughs> <laughs> she's a YouTube film critic and she's awful. Uh. She's awful. Anyway. <laughs> happy spooky times, everyone. Remember, bones are a <laughs> Grace Randolph is the bad guy. Duh. <laughs>